Uh, does everyone have a bolster, a blanket, and a couple blocks? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Now, we're going to set them up nicely for my anal retentiveness. So we put the bolster off to the side of the mat on one side. Let's say left, so it's easy for everybody. So bolster to the left, about halfway back. Very meticulous. Halfway. Halfway. <laughs> Measure it. Right, and then take your blanket and unfold it once. I'll do Tori's for this service with the smile that you look at. Right, so unfold it like this. <laughs> One time I was teaching people about their glute mead and I was standing on a stage, that was the old studio I had, had a stage at the front, and I was standing like this and I said, put your hand on your hip, and when I did it, I hit my hip, and the whole room went, <laughs> it was like, very nice rockets. Okay, so, just a little roll like this, not far. Now you may, some of you have done this part before, so if you don't want this underneath your hips, you can put it under your hip crease at a certain point. If you don't like it, you can always get rid of it. Frankly, you get to do whatever you want. If you don't, well, within reason. No, like running around like a banshee, although that would be funny. Okay, so put that off the front edge on the wood. Now, it's, all right. Third row, can you scooch, can we have, I need you to have at least like a foot and a half between the front of your mat and the back of the one in front of you. So could you guys either stagger, or you guys can scooch up, I don't mind at all. You just need to be able to slide that blanket back and forth on the wood and without kicking the person in front of you in the head. That'll work. All right, two blocks, put them on the other side. Or you can put them in front. But just somewhere where you can access them without having to sit up. All right, that'll work. If you have a strap, you have a strap. We, we don't necessarily need them. We'll see. I never make promises, but... I may get inspired, you never know. All right, that looks good. Okay, it's backbends day. Some of you haven't met. It'll be nothing like a backbends class that you've probably done before. So, but it'll be all the stuff about backbends and how they function, and within a functional range of motion, which I'll explain as we go. All right, lie down on your back. That's what you get so far. So you, when you lie down on your back, the first thing I want you to ask yourself, and I ask this every single time of almost every room of students I ever get to work with. I said lie down, why'd you lie the way you lied? Why? Why that shape? And it's actually just a funny question. Is it because that's the way you lie down in yoga class? Like Shavasana is extra spiritual. Or is it the way that makes most sense to you, the appropriate way for you to lie down? Well, I didn't give you very many parameters to make that decision around. So I'll give you parameters now so that you can make a choice that falls within those. Lie down in a way that you feel is sustainable and comfortable. You could have your legs outstretched, you could have the arms alongside you like a lot of you do, or you could change that. Bend your knees, put your feet on the floor, knock your knees together, don't knock them together. Put your hands on your belly, put them over your head. I don't know. Choose something that feels wise and 
sustainable, and comfortable enough to you. in a shape. Now comfort is relative, because even if you were to pick the most comfortable of reclined positions, you would not be comfortable there forever. And even lying down on the floor, if I said to be still now, even though the position may be fairly comfortable, the stillness may beget some discomfort. That's very different than pain. Pain would be something that would linger later, or that you know is unskillful for you, or unwise. If it was a position you've set your body up in, and now it's hurting your hips or your lower back, or something like that. So if that was the case, move away from that. Change what you're doing. But if it's just uncomfortable, it's the whole thing we're here to learn about. So try to become still, and if that's uncomfortable, that's all right. Now, it becomes easier when the mind doesn't get to run as far as it would like to. So if you turn your attention now that you're still to your breathing. Now, the breath is happening here and now. The way that I like to think of it is that is the access point to the present moment from which you can start to explore other aspects of the present moment and that you can access when you wander away from that. Not that wandering away from the present moment is unskillful. Not that creating things in the mind is unskillful. It's just that when it's done in a way where it perpetuates problem, where it's the only place you spend time, well then perhaps it's worth learning how to access here and now again. So constantly drag yourself back to the breath. There's no good or bad at that. There is just either doing it or knowing you're not doing it and coming back. So what's nice is there are other noises here. They are happening here. The breath is not there for you to ignore everything, detach from it, desensitize yourself. It's just a chosen focal point that allows everything else that's happening to go on without you having to worry about it so much or be so distracted and reactive. So now play with what would it be like to breathe a little bit more deeply? Now as you do that, there's parameters for even that. As you breathe more deeply, does it feel wise? Or is it creating anxiety? Or is it making you feel like your rib cage is getting in the way of the breath? If those answers are coming up, then go back to breathing in just whatever pattern your breath naturally is sitting right now. And so now from the steady point of the breath, your legs are out, stretched in front of you. Bring them in, bend your knees, put your feet on the floor. Scoot yourself forward far enough that your torso and your pelvis are still on your sticky mat, but your feet are on your blanket. You can step them up and over that little roll. 
So now once you're down here, just take your arms next to you. You can either have them next to you with your palms up or you can keep your hands on your belly so long as it's not impeding your shoulders hanging out in a neutral place. And go back to the breath. Then from the breath, pay attention to the portions of your body touching the floor. So the floor is one plane. There are parts of your body touching that plane and there are parts that are moving away from it to varying degrees, depending on you. So notice the lower back in relation to the back of the pelvis. Back of pelvis touching floor, lower back moving away. Maybe only a little, maybe a lot, but it's personal. Then upper back touching the floor, back of your head touching the floor, but neck moving away from the floor. So all those points from back of pelvis all the way up to the back of your head, they're going to remain consistent. Step your left foot back off the blanket. Keep your right foot on it. Flex your right ankle so you're just on your heel. And then without letting the lower back or back of your pelvis change, start to slide the blanket away from you a little at a time. Now as you slide it away, don't fight what's going to happen perhaps in your lower back. Just start to notice that as you slide this blanket away, you may get to a point where the lower back feels like it's going to pitch up away from the floor. Now if that happens, rather than forcing the abdomen to work or anything like that, just stop short of the leg getting straight at the knee and then start to slide it back into where you started. Now the process of sliding the leg in and out will continue on your own. As you slide this leg in and out, you may or may not experience the lower back lifting each time. It may get less, it may not change at all, but just slide it in and out without it having impact on your spine. Now what you're experimenting with as this leg goes in and out is can you go from a forward fold or a flexed position in the hip to neutral? And if your leg isn't straightening all the way out, then that hip doesn't at this moment want to go to a neutral place, let alone into a backbend extension position. So just know that. There's no bad thing about that. There's nothing to worry about. It's just notice. The next time your leg gets out to as far as straight as it will go for you, let it straighten all the way out. And once your knee is all the way straight, if your lower back pops up, that's totally fine. Just take your attention to the hip and start to roll the leg in and out at the hip. So turn it laterally so the knee and toes turn towards the right side of the room. And then turn it through center, knee and toes up and in some. So back and forth you're going to go, turning in, turning out. There's no prize for taking the foot and getting it to touch the floor. It's just notice how far does this leg rotate. And if you want to do little circles with the ankle or change the foot position at all, you're welcome to. But it's just explore mobilizing the hip in the joint, thigh bone in the hip joint. And when you feel you've turned this leg in and out enough, it's completely your choice, slide the blanket back in, put your left foot on it, and start sliding the blanket in and out with your left leg. 
Now the left leg is a completely unique experience. And as you slide it in and out, it may go further, it may not go as far. I don't know, but just be with the experience of this leg. And if you get distracted, come back to the breath accessed here and now, and then begin exploring moving the leg. Being asymmetrical is completely normal. Let the experience of this leg captivate you. There's no need to change it. Just let it be interesting. And when it's not interesting, return to the breath and make it interesting again. And when you feel like you've slid it in and out enough times where it feels fairly even with the right, then you can let it slide all the way out and turn it in and out. Now it's your experience. So if you're someone that as soon as I say, you can do this, you do it, maybe explore what it'd be like to keep going. But make the choices on your, your own intuitive decision-making skills. What do you need to do with this leg to mobilize the hip gently? Again, that same idea applies when you're done rolling this leg in and out and bring it back into where you started. And then you can just scoot yourself back a tiny bit, just a few inches. Shouldn't really need to sit up, just wiggle back a few inches so that your feet can easily be on the sticky mat when you're done. Again, no rush. Now with your knees bent, feet on the floor, Go back to the right leg again. Stretch your right leg up towards the ceiling, keeping your knees parallel with one another. And then I would ask you, why did you bring this leg up like this? I said parallel, but then the foot's all flexed and there's all kinds of things going on with it. Can you let the foot soften up a little bit, the ankle soften up perhaps? Same fixed points will exist, back of pelvis, upper back, back of head. Start to lower the right leg down towards the floor this time, and if it, before it hits the floor, the spine starts to change, then stop short of going to the floor and bring the leg back up to where you began. Now go up and down with this leg. Now if it hurts in the groin or feels counterproductive in some way, the SI region, sit bone area, then change how far you're going or perhaps bend the knee or perhaps stop altogether and return to constructive rest. And then again, as you go up and down, as with the former activity, if you'd like to start to rotate the leg in and out or change the ankle and foot position or bend the knee, go ahead. But it's to mobilize the thigh bone at the hip joint in a way that feels wise and productive. Like in this present moment, it would be skillful to do so. your body work?
And whenever it is you're done with this right leg, on to the left you go. Up and down first, then maybe in and out. I'm very curious and inquisitive about how your leg moves. Does it want to travel down to the floor, or does that feel like there's no rhyme or reason it's not going to happen, knowing that that's fine? But knowing that in relation to a backbend, if your hip doesn't even want to get to neutral today, that forcing it would just put the extra force in your lower back and your SI joints, which would be counterproductive. It would be placing priority on a shape rather than action with skill. Whenever it is you're done with this left leg, just place it back down. And when you place it back down, return to the breath, the access point to here and now, the single point of concentration to expand from. When that leg is back on the ground, now that was the legs moving, pelvis and spine staying fixed. Now the legs will stay fixed and the pelvis and spine will start to change. So think about rocking the pubic bone or sit bones down towards the floor. So that perhaps the lower back arches up away from the floor some, increasing the distance the lower back is in relation to the floor. And then decrease that, rock the pelvis back to your neutral and into a place where the sit bones and pubic bone tip up and start to just rock back and forth. Now as you rock back and forth, if this hurts your SI joints or your groin or your lower back, rock less or don't rock at all. You also have a blanket if the SI joints or back of your pelvis feels like it's painful, you can always sit up, put the blanket under the back of you and then lie down again. Now you're rocking just front to back. It would be like tracing a line from 6 to 12 on a clock over and over again. You can consider, do you want to trace a line over to where 3 and 9 would be, rocking side to side? Or maybe you go 12, 3, 6, 9, and around. But that'll change the spine in different ways, depending on which way you're rocking. Try to decide what would be productive for you. What's worth exploring? What needs to happen? Now perhaps as you rock back and forth between 6 and 12, maybe when you're tucking the sit bones up, the pubic bone up towards the ceiling, maybe you want to lift your chest and head up off of the floor like a mini sit-up. And perhaps the opposite is true when you tip the sit bones down, maybe the chest and chin move away from the navel and you do a little reclined cat-cow between the back bend and the rounding. Maybe that feels unwise and you keep your head and shoulders on the ground. You can move your arms as well, reach up if you lift up and lift your head, do the opposite, take them overhead when you back bend or to the sides. Just exploring how does the spine move? 
And when you're done rocking back and forth, side to side, just come back to a place of stillness. Just take your arms wide enough once you get there so that you can easily turn your palms and the eye of your elbow up. And if you want to do goalpost arms or anything like that, or some of you actually have room to take them like a T with your palms up, that's fine too. But somewhere where it just feels like the ground can hold your arms up, where you can passively allow the chest to open, widen. And then move up to your neck and start to turn your head right and left. Rolling it side to side as a means to mobilize it some. There's no need to try to get your entire nose to tip all the way down to the floor. It's just gently mobilize your neck. Mobilizing the spine in all of its regions. Eventually letting your head return to a neutral position when you feel ready. So at any point you have a block next to you, you're always welcome to put it between your hands. Reach your arms up to the ceiling. You can either interlace your fingers like you would for a headstand or you can keep them shoulder distance apart at the elbow. But as you breathe, inhale and just reach up to the ceiling and feel how the shoulder blades wrap the rib cage. And as you exhale, let the shoulder blades move back towards one another and come back to center, starting place. Now inhale, reach up, let them move away from the spine and take your arms up and overhead a few degrees. And as you exhale, bring them back to where you started. Now much like the leg, this will be move the arms, let that mobilize the rib cage as you breathe. You go a little further each time, you can change the arm positioning Put a block between your hands. Just head and chest will stay on the floor. Arms will move. If as you take your arms overhead, you're feeling like you've got this lower back pitching up away from the ground, scoot your rib cage back so you can really reach. Now if it hurts in your shoulder, or in the elbow, the neck in a counterproductive way, then adapt what you're doing. If there's something behind you you're hitting, scooch away from it so you can really get the arms up and overhead. If you want to play with the idea of instead of moving, being static, held, then you can take the arms up and overhead and reach, stretch back, wiggle the ribcage away from your hips. You can consider grabbing one wrist with the opposing hand and using it to lengthen one side of your torso out a bit more than the other. What's it like to use the arms and to mobilize the upper body and shoulders?
you feel like you've moved the arms enough and explored that enough, again, no rush, and return your arms back to a position that feels comfortable to you. So moving with very little effort, a little meticulousness, more intuitive, free. And taking that into a bit of a different realm. Perhaps you like one more than the other, but just be with the experience of now moving with more precision. So take your attention down to your feet. Have them roughly hip distance apart again. Knees roughly hip distance apart. Just flex your ankles so the balls of your feet peel up off of the ground. Now just notice the muscles in the fronts of the shins that pull the ball of the foot away from the floor. Be not concerned with height. Now oppose that. Bring your soles of your feet back down and lift your heels up away from the ground. And as you lift the heels up, feel the muscles in the calf working. Now bring your heels back down, but lift them back up again. What's it like to fire these muscles in the back of the lower leg? Where are they? And once you've figured that part out, take one of your blocks and put it between your inner thighs. Put it this skinny way, unless you have a hip width that's a little wider than that, in which case you can put it one notch wider if you like. We'll call this the Jane Fonda portion of events. Squeeze the block. Pulse. Where are the muscles that pull the legs towards one another? Some of you have your feet a bit wider than what would actually be your hip distance. Because none of you have hips mat distance wide. Just saying. And now pulse, instead of pulsing, hold, squeeze. So what muscles pull the legs towards one another? Now relax that and keep the block where it is though. Push your right foot into the floor, the sole of it, and squeeze your right glute. If you're having a hard time finding it, your feet might be too wide. And then relax your right glute, push your left foot into the floor, squeeze the left glute. And go back and forth between sides. So where are the muscles that start to extend the hip or take the legs behind you? Now know that these glutes you're squeezing, they also turn your legs. We're gonna try to use them in a way where they take the leg behind you, but they don't turn the leg. And that's only if that's wise for your hip and your lower back today. If you've been noticing not able to get the leg out when you're sliding it in and out or down to the floor when you're going up and down, perhaps it's not a day to try to do that. Now relax, squeeze the block. At the same time, see if you can get both glutes to squeeze. So can you squeeze the legs towards one another and fire the glutes? And now relax that, let go. You can drop the block off to the side and just flip over onto all fours. You can do head at the back, head at the front, it does not matter to me. Once you're on all fours, move your knees a little bit behind your hips. And if your knees bother you, you can put the blanket under them. So move them back like you were gonna do a plank with your knees down. All right, 
Now, bend your right knee and bring your right heel up towards your sit bone. Point the ankle joint, use the calf muscle. So point the ball of the foot and the toes up. There you go. Now where's the muscle that bends the knee? Where's the muscle in the back of the thigh that also extends the hip? Can you use the right glute at the same time? There we go. Good, now straighten the right knee. If you have a cramp in the back of your right leg, make it a plank <laughs> leg for a second. <laughs> and now find it on the left. You can drop the right knee down, bend your left knee, point the ankle. So the muscles that point the ankle, the muscles that bend the knee, the muscles that also in the back of the thigh extend the hip and squeeze the left glute. And then relax that. And you can take one of your blocks or a couple if you need to, put them underneath of you and just sit back and kneel. Put the block wide so it's under your sit bones if you're putting it underneath of you. Okay. Do hands on your hips. Okay, so imagine the floor underneath, back of your head, upper back, back of your pelvis. So neutralize your spine from there. Now this is just for the purposes of finding the muscles. No momentum, not very high, don't lean forward. Hover, pick your butt up off of the block or your heels a few inches. Do you find the muscles that straighten your knees? You want to do it again? You got it. You got it? All right. Flip over onto your belly, and if you want to put the blanket underneath your hip crease, especially if you've figured out your hip doesn't want to extend today, you might want to slide the little roll under the hip crease. If you don't need it or you want to get rid of it at any time, then go, go right ahead. So lie yourself all the way down. You can put your forehead on your hands, or you can put your chin on the floor, it doesn't matter. Now we're not going to lift, this is going to be static. Put your legs to be roughly hip distance apart, reach your toes back. Now, can you find the muscles in the back of the calf that point the ankle joint? Pull the heels towards the back of your head. Keep your knees straight, just point the ankles. Just the ankles, head down, listen. Just the ankles. Knees still straight. Bueller, Bueller, knees straight. There we go. Now use the muscles that straighten your knees. Keep the legs in the position they are, ankles in the position they are, just fire the quads. Now squeeze the legs together in effort. Just in effort, not position. Leave them hip distance apart. Just find the block squeezers. Now can you find the hamstring and the glute, and without lifting the legs, can you fire those muscles? Now, it's not easy here. It'll be easier in a second. What's it like to stabilize the legs just in a neutral place? When you figured that out, now push yourself up to all fours. Take the bolster, put it in front of you the long way. You can leave your blanket where it is. It won't, it won't move. Put it in front of you the long way, and then lie down on it with your pelvis up on it and your torso on it. You can be up and over the front edge. If you're really tall, you might want to put blocks on one side. All right, here we go. So the bolster, now the floor. If you're not far enough forward on it at any point, you can always move yourself. Straighten your knees. Have your feet like up dog feet or like cobra feet. And so toenails on the floor, straight knees. Find your quads. Now once you have those, find your calves. There we go. Okay, so straight knees, thighs pressing up away from the ground. 
Calves working, quads working. Find your inner thighs, the squeezer inners. All right, now find the right hamstring, right glute, and without bending the knee, hover the right foot up off of the floor a few inches. Just get it to a place where it's neutral at the hip. Now as it lifts, you'll find the knee wants to really bend. Don't let it. You'll have to find that hovering quad muscle. Now maybe it needs to go a little wider than it is. Maybe it's too narrow. Now play with, can you take that leg up any higher without it moving into your lower back, without altering the lower back's position? And if the answer is no, then don't worry about it. Just hover it neutral. You're neutral. All right, bring it down. Now find the left leg. Stabilize it. All those same muscles. Lift it up. As it lifts, does the knee want to bend? Can you access the hip extensors without firing the knee benders? We'll fire the knee benders later. All right, now you can either choose to go back and forth between sides or to try to lift both legs at the same time. Now, as you lift the legs at the same time, it's very tempting to bend the knees or to think, I gotta get those legs up high, get those feet on the ceiling. No prize for that one. There's not like a Vanna White that's gonna come in and give you a bag of money if you get your feet on the ceiling. So just explore, what's it like to take the legs into a neutral position that fires the muscles that extend the hip? And when you've figured that out, relax your legs down. Right, and scoot yourself up and over the bolster a few inches, just so that your chest is slightly over the front edge. And so perhaps your head can come down to the floor, your forehead can come down. Now, you can keep your arms where they are right now, or you eventually can take them like a T, or you can take them alongside of you. But keep your feet on the ground. You can flip them like plank feet now if you'd like. Stabilize your legs. Okay, so find the fronts, backs, inside edges, the hamstring, the glute. Think about the lower back of your pelvis, lower back in your personal neutral, like when you were flipped over. Now where are the muscles in the upper back, mid-back, that lift the chest and head up, the neck that lift the head up? Lift your chest and head up and see if you can find what would be the flipped over, lying down, Tadasana. Where's neutral in the whole spine? You can even take your arms by your sides and hover them there. Now up and down you can go, letting the spine flex and round. This would be like doing the sit-up and lifting your head up before, and then lifting the chest and head up and getting to neutral. That would be just returning to head down on the ground. So we could think of these like back body crunches, like at the gym over one of those things. Or you could think of it as a mindful activity, where you're paying attention to how your body works and moves, making skillful choices around when it's wise and when it's unwise. So if it hurts in your SI joints or your neck or around the base of your ribcage, stop doing what you're doing. Do less of it. Now at a certain point, if you want to challenge the activity for mindfulness purposes, you can let the arms hover up, get the spine to neutral, and maybe keep your legs where they are in terms of height away from the floor, but point your toes. So can you point the toes without the legs going higher? Like you're doing a flying, Tadasana, like, like Superman bullets right now, it's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, down you go, rest. Okay. You scoot yourself back so your legs are hanging off of the bolster again. The pelvis is anchored. If 
you want to put the block back under your head or your forehead under your hands, that's fine. And go back down to the legs. So pointed toes, straight knees, fire your quads. Inner line of the leg, glued hamstring. Lift your right leg up a bit. Get it to neutral in the hip. Now, play with the idea. Will the leg go any higher than this without it impacting the back? And at a certain point, it'll either not go higher because your front line body won't let it, which is don't make it, or you'd have to turn it a bit. So at that point, maybe squeeze the right glute a bit. Maybe the leg will turn slightly where the heel will turn to the left, and then maybe it'll go up a bit more, maybe it won't. All right, and down. Now figure out whether you can take that leg up into extension or whether you're just gonna hover it neutral. It's up to you, up and down. And eventually when you figured out this right one, you know how to start to work now. Some autonomy, go to the left. And when you're done with the left, maybe you do both together again. So will this leg extend at the hip? Does it feel wise? Is it hard to find the muscles? Maybe one side's easier than the other. It's all about exploring the experience at hand. You are not more worthy of acceptance because you can take your legs up away from the floor. And when you're finished with the legs, it will be to scoot yourself forward again, come up and over the front of the bolster, and this time instead of just hovering to neutral, Perhaps some of you will hover to neutral and perhaps some of you will lift up into a bit of a back bend. Maybe the chest and head will lift up away from the floor slightly higher. But anchor the legs first. Keep your feet on the ground so that they're stable. And then lift up just to neutral and maybe there's a little bit more in the upper back or the neck where the chin would move away from the chest some. And then down. And you can play with taking all portions of your body eventually up off of the ground. But if this hurts in the lower back, hurts around your SI joints, back of pelvis, groin, sit bones, neck, stop. If it's making you anxious, do less. You can always go back to lying on your back in constructive rest whenever you want. You can also play with changing the arm position. What would it be like to, once you're up, reach your arms overhead? Or maybe to press the arms up behind you, use your Triceps, push the arms up, move the shoulder blades towards one another some. And whenever you are finished, you go back to resting. Once resting, come back to your breath. And 
And one more time, scoot yourself back. Scoot yourself back so the pelvis is anchored. Legs your hip distance apart. Head supported in any way that feels wise to you. And now go back to the legs again. This time, bend your knees. Bend your knees and then unbend them. Now as you bend them and unbend them, notice the lower back. And if you feel the lower back start to arch or move down towards the ground, butt start to pitch up, bend your knees less. Figure out how far they can bend without impacting your spine. Because this is going to challenge the hip flexors. And for some of you, it's perhaps not the psoas, but your quads and the other hip flexors. And try it with pointed ankles. The balls of the feet coming up towards the ceiling, toes coming up towards the ceiling rather than flexed. Getting the muscles in the back line of the leg to actually have the chance to work. Whereas when you flex your ankles, you're relaxing one of the major movers of the knee. Now when you figure out how far they'll bend, leave them bent in that position. Jane Fonda time again. See if you can access your right glutes, right hamstring, and lift your right knee off the ground a little bit. Then bring the right knee down and do the left. Now if this hurts as you go back and forth, do less of it. You can keep your knees on the ground and fire and activate the same muscles. You can also stretch your legs out and stop. And maybe you want to take both knees and pulse them away from the ground at some point. Maybe that idea is just ridiculous. Just figure out whether your hip will do this, how it does it, and surrendering to the possibility that it might not want to do this today. But that skillful decision of not doing can be the most advanced choice in class. And when you've figured out how these legs work, and you can relax, let them straighten out. And when you feel ready, you can make your way up to a kneeling position of any sort that makes sense to you. If you want to sit with the bolster between your legs, that's fine. Sit with a blank block underneath your sit bones, that's fine too. Whichever you like. And we are going to use those straps. Here we go. So once you're seated in a kneeling position, grab your strap and put it between your hands behind your back. So once it's between your hands behind your back, make sure it's long enough that you don't feel like you're tying yourself in. So just let your arms relax next to your sides for a second. Get onto your sit bones in a way that brings your spine to neutral. Some of you sit a little on the front of them, some a little on the back. It's fine either way, but where it feels like back of your head, upper back, back of your pelvis are in one line. Now keep that as it is. Turn your palms to face forward. Turn the eye of your elbow to face forward. Straighten your elbows out a lot. Now already, just by straightening your elbows out a lot, perhaps you found the muscles in the back of your upper arm. If you haven't yet, we'll find them. Press your arms behind you, straight back. Now some of you have them very, very, very wide. You may need to shorten the strap. 
as you press your arms back behind you and find your triceps. At a certain point, it'll be like, oh, I, I need to lift my chest and head if I'm going to go any further. And maybe you need to turn the eye of your elbow out, the palms out to the sides. But where are the muscles that take the arms behind you with effort? And you can pulse back and forth. You can also play with what is it like to bend the elbows and press these back. It's even more complex. Just another activity. And then hold at a certain point. If you were to lift your chest up, use the muscles in the upper back, back of your neck to lift up. And then relax. All right, scoot your bolster out of the way if it's not already. You can keep the blanket with the roll at any point. You can get rid of it if you need. Keep the strap behind your back. And, well, you're going to have to let go of it. Lie down on your belly and then put it behind your back. <laughs> and have it roughly narrow enough that it's hand distance apart. So elbows roughly shoulder distance and then let your hands be as wide as they need to and grab it. So once you're lying down, the blanket is there to support the hip crease. So it's bringing the floor up to meet that region of the body. Some of you may need it, some of you may not, some of you may remove it, but we'll see. And then forehead on the floor, if that bugs your nose, change your head positioning. Legs roughly your hip distance apart. So now start by getting at least to a some degree of zero. Straighten your knees out, so fire the quad muscles. Then fire the inner leg muscles, then the hamstring, the glute, with your knees straight. Now lift your arms and shoulders up just so they're hovering at zero next to you and lift your shoulders and head up a little bit so it's like you're doing the flying plank but now you're down on the ground. Now at this point, perhaps the legs lift up. Maybe for you that doesn't happen from the hip and it just starts to happen from the lower back, which would be bring them back down to the ground if it's doing that and it hurts. And then maybe the chest and head lift up and you start to work the muscles in the back of the arm that would allow the arms to travel up, the chest to lift a bit more, maybe the head lifts some. If you're having a hard time, you could have your palms facing the wrong direction. Have your palms down to the ground. Even if that's weird, try it. It allows the shoulder to go into a position that makes a back bend possible. And then down. Now if your hands are too narrow, widen them. But up and down you're going to go. Maybe you go just too barely hovering. Maybe you keep everything on the ground. Maybe you have access to a bit more. But as you go up and down, if it hurts your groin, lower back around the pelvis, lower back, shoulder in some counterproductive way, elbow in a weird way, adapt what you're doing. Maybe you come up and hold and play with, what would it be like if I bent my knees to that angle that I was doing before? Maybe for some of you, as you bend your knees, your chest and head are up and the feet would be right there and you could loop the strap over them. Maybe that would make you do all sorts of really odd things just to get the strap over your feet. I don't know, but up and down you go. We could call this fancy flying Dhanurasana. All the same things as grabbing your feet except for maybe a whole bunch more than grabbing your feet would give you. Feel free to hold and to explore what it's like to be static in a posture compared to moving dynamically.
And whenever you're done, there is no rush. But when you're done, be done. And you can let yourself become a little bit more passive. Bring your hands and put them under your forehead or wiggle side to side a little. It's up to you. So a whole lot of really detailed work, now less. Back to the breath. When you're ready, take your time to make your way up to all fours and then grab your bolster. So grab your bolster and this time put it about halfway between the front and back of the mat, maybe a little closer to the front edge than the back. And put it longwise. Take your two blocks and stack them and put them on the back edge. So next to it, to make your bolster longer, technically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Voila, stack them like a sandwich. Very nice. Take your blanket, sorry, some of you put your bolster on it. Grab it from under it and put it off the front edge of your mat again on the wood. And then sit your butt up on the front edge of the bolster, lie back. Feet will go on the blanket, head might need those blocks. If they're a funny height, you can change the Tetris configuration of them to get them to support your head. Now once you're back here on this bolster, feet roughly hip distance apart, you can have your arms to the sides, you can turn your palms up, whatever feels comfortable. The blocks are too high or too low, you can adapt them. Just return to your breath. So back bends are a work of the back line of the body. That work of the back line asks the front line to release. It's oftentimes difficult to find the work and the release simultaneously. So now come back to the breath and let at least your body come back to stillness, quiet. your left foot up off of the floor. Bend your left hip roughly to a 90 degree angle and bring your shin to a place where it's parallel with the floor. Now you can either come up onto the right heel or come up onto the ball of the right foot, it's up to you. But start to slide the blanket away from you, a little at a time. And as you go, you can do it with some work, you can do it with a lot, you can do it with none. 
When the leg gets all the way out, if it's causing pain in the groin, the deep in the abdomen of a counterproductive way, the SI joints, don't slide it out as far. And then once it's out, you bring it back in and slide it in and out. And as you go, imagine, if you were to take your arms up overhead and reach them back and maybe take one of the blocks or both out from under your head, you'd be in a reclined crescent lunge. Fancy schmancy. So maybe you mimic that. And feel free to hold at a certain point. And once you've got the blanket away from you, if you want to hold and put the left foot back down on the ground in constructive rest, foot on the floor, go ahead and just hold. Play with pointing the toe. And when you're done with this right leg, you switch. The left leg will come up away from the floor, or right leg will, and left leg will slide in and out. So for some of you, the left knee, it'll straighten you want to. For some of you, it might not straighten all the way. So all that will happen is the lower back will get pulled on, or the groin. give you a good indicator of what you were going to do if you were standing without having to do it standing. Again, at a certain point, you want to just slide the leg out, hold it, and reach your arms up and overhead and reach back. Reach. Go ahead. And eventually, if you wanted to take both legs slid out away from you, you could do that too. And maybe take a block out from under your head and let the chest and head come up and over the back edge of the bolster. Maybe that feels like you've now fallen over the edge of a cliff, in which case put the box back. You might have to scoot yourself forward or back on the bolster to get yourself in a place that feels wise. You can also hold. Stay. Play with what it would be like to work the legs. And for some of you who've been taught for so long not to let those legs turn at all or to let them widen, oh my God, what would it be like if your legs went wider and turned out some? I have not seen the yoga god strike anyone dead for doing that yet. Eventually make your way to a position that feels okay to be still in. Be it with the feet on the floor and the arms overhead, knees bent, or with the legs out, arms overhead, with or without the blocks. Just back to your breath again. Spine moves in many different ways. Mostly moved it one way through this class. 
What's it like to compare and contrast that? Some of its other movements. Take your time, but eventually when you're done lying here, make your way off of the bolster and slide it out of the way and make your way to all fours. Take your time. There's no rush. something under your knees now or at any point and put it under there. So bring your spine to a neutral place for you first. Imagining the floor now behind your head, upper back, back of the pelvis. Now to date you've just been playing with arching, so the lower back moving down towards the floor, the chin would lift up away from the floor, that back bend shape. So go into whatever degree of that arch shape feels okay to you. And then bring that back to neutral. What's it like just to go to a neutral little back bend, neutral little back bend? And then eventually you can add maybe a little rounding, a bit at a time though. So a little bit of the pelvis tipping down, lower back moving up to the ceiling, slowly in a way that feels wise. It's very one-dimensional as you do this. Front, back, front, back. Beer, beer. So if you want to make circles, shorten one side of the waist. Think about the clock like you were doing on your back. Circle the pelvis, circle the spine. Rotate, rock side to side. It's completely up to you. Move the neck in different ways. And if none of that works, then Make your way to another shape. You lie in stillness, you can kneel. There's something to being the one that can make great decisions for yourself no matter what everybody else is doing. Do you want to start to walk your hands in front of you some and let your hips sink backwards, folding your knee, folding the hip? and then coming back up and back and forth and side to side, it's all up to you. So for some of you, you like this free movement. It's more your preference. For some of you, this is like a nightmare. They're all impermanent experiences. If you like it, it will go. If you don't like it, it will go. But if it's painful, stop doing it. Some of you really like the precision that was before. Now it's this. done with this, you can make your way into child's pose, or you can make your way to kneeling. There's some position you can hold still in for a moment. Just knowing that the way back to the present moment is the breath, the way to stay with what you're doing is the breath, and then the expanding out from that. 
ready, flip yourself around onto your back again. Just constructive rest shape. The blanket again is there, you can put it under you. Knees bent, feet on the floor. Same idea, just recline now. So, little tip of the sit bones up to the ceiling. So you're in that little rounded spine moving down to the floor in the lower back region. You lift your chest and head up and reach for your legs some. And then back down. And up and down. AKA sit-ups. Okay. Go up and down or you can hold. eventually rest. Now you have blocks and if you want one between your thighs as we do this you can, otherwise you do not need it necessarily. Spine will now stay fixed. Pick your feet up off of the ground, stack your knees over your hips and parallel your shins with the floor. Have your knees and feet roughly hip distance apart. And if you tend to be somebody who overfolds the hip and you maybe pass 90 degrees, put your hand in your hip crease and see if the thigh and the front of the pelvis are at a right angle or not. And then just hold. Now if this hurts your groin or your lower back, then stop doing it. Put your feet down at some point. Otherwise, you stay. Can you keep the spine and pelvis fixed? And move your thighs away from you some. Unfold the hips some. Push the knees away from you a bit. And then bring them back to where you started. So it'll just be in and out. Not a huge distance. And if it, the block is not working, at some point you can take it out. If doing two legs at once is not working, do one leg at a time. Wear the muscles deep in the abdomen that stabilize the trunk as you move your legs. Can you find them? Can you not? It's not important that you have to find them right now. It's just notice what you're doing. And if it's working, it's working. If it's not, change it. Now, as you move these legs in and out, if you want to take one, your arms overhead, and as your right knee comes in towards you, you want to take the left arm up and over and across towards it, can, and then the other one, like you were doing reclined, bicycle-y, twisty thingies. Such good descriptive words for me today. So just working the muscles of the front line that previously were releasing. Previously the muscles of the back line were what was working. Knowing you can get them to work by lying on the floor and barely doing anything. Externally perceivable at least. 
Whenever you feel finished with this, you can turn to that constructive rest shape. Start one leg at a time. Hug your right knee in, then bring the left leg in to follow it. Do hands around the fronts of your shins or the back. You can let the pelvis tip up away from the ground. At a certain point, if you want to take the head and chest up away from the ground, you can. In Minnesota, if you tuck yourself into a little ball like that, it's called cosmic egg. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what's cosmic about it, but. You can also play with head back down and hands around the back of your thighs and straightening one knee out a little bit at a time and letting the muscles in the back line of the leg that were working unravel. Now the further you straighten the knee, the more the thigh will move away from you and that's all right, you can let that happen. You can also start to take the legs into what would look like a happy baby, or you can take a strap around one of your feet, put the other leg in constructive rest, and take it out to the side and in, and whatever would allow the hips to move in a different direction than they have. Now, if there's pain somewhere, sit bones, groin, SI joints, then change this. Constructive rest is a lovely counter to what you were doing. as you feel done with the legs. Again, there is no rush. You have a bolster off to your left. You scooch it a little bit closer to you. So that it's touching your outer hip eventually. Once it's right next to you, pick your pelvis up, shift it a few inches to the right. Pick your legs up away from the floor and drop them over to the left onto the bolster. If you need to adjust it so it's supporting your feet, shove it away from you some. Take your right arm out to the side or overhead. If this doesn't feel wise, it's within your right to come out of it and go back to a reclined shape. Turn to your breath. Not as a way to ignore what's going on, but as an access point to experience what it's like to be in this shape, what it's like to stay in it, what it would be like to get out of it if it's unwise.
However you want, switch to the other side. If you're doing something else, you're free to make whatever choice you need. Ready, go from here to whatever final shape, final position you'd like to be in. It can be propped with the bolster under your knees, it can be flipped over on your belly, it can be constructive rest, it can be sitting with your back against the wall, it can be whatever you like. Whatever you've chosen, make sure it's something that's going to be sustainable for a significant period of time. Figured out that shape, then surrender to stillness. And again, a few moments to fidget and get it set up. either fix on a point or to close, returning to the body being still, just 
a lot of external work, personal work, but external in the sense of working with the body, working with the sensations of it. Now turning your focus inward. But before doing that, go from external to internal. Notice the sounds here. Go from the sounds which are external to you to your body's contact with surface. The feeling of all the regions of the body that are in contact with props or the floor. And then noticing however subtle and gentle the breath is, how the breath's movement changes the body's contact with the floor in some way. Allowing the mind finally to rest on just the breath. internal as it moves in and out. And when the mind wanders or becomes distracted, guiding yourself back into the experience of watching the breath, being absorbed in it.
back out from just the breath to the breath as it affects the body. And then your body as it contacts the floor, contacts surfaces. And then out from there to sound as it comes and goes. And awareness of the room around you, the other people. Being with the experience of moving yourself, of hearing others move a little at a time. Eventually letting those movements bring you up to a seated position in some way. Being with the experience of that movement as eventually it comes back to stillness, at least in the bodies. Self-rest still. The only way I ever know how to explain it is this is the training ground. Out there is the real game. That skill is supposed to go out there. So join your hands together. Thank you for being here. You can let your head bow if you like. And then up and eyes open eventually. Namaste. You're welcome. My pleasure.